Hi, I'm author Christina Rienzi, author of Among Us, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, and we will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye by Saturday night. Welcome to yet another Area 51 recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, the only podcast to guarantee that if you listen, you're going to hear stuff. In this week's episode, episode 449, we're one away from the big 450. Wait till you see what we've got planned for this. Clowns, balloons, none of that stuff. Tonight, we expect to hear stuff. Uh, We're going to go to a place... We've been to a couple of times before, but never with this guy. So we're going to see how this works out. Uh, because of the uh, pandemonium pandemic, once again, uh, we're with a cutback cast because everybody on their mother is on Skype, as they should be, trying to flatten the curve, trying to keep America, you know, from not dying, which is always a good thing. Stay healthy, folks. Wear a mask. Social distancing, clog the intertubes, not your lungs. The World Wide Web is where you want to be. So we're <laughs> paired back. For me tonight, it's just me and Captain Cam. Cam, uh, I know it's been a rough week for you uh, with the passing of, of, of Regis Philbin. It was for me. Without the Reg, uh, it, it, it was a tough day. I... I had to take down all my pictures of Kathy Lee. I don't know how you felt about it. I felt it was past time for you to take down those pictures of Kathy Lee, but I will miss Regis. He was a lot of fun. I'm yeah. telling you, there was nothing better than 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 Regis uh, on the Letterman show. Towards oh, the, God. The yes. stuff that Regis and Letterman did was just outrageous on, on, on the late show. It was, mm-hmm. it was some of the funniest stuff. I have ever seen in 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 like forever. Um, so what are we doing tonight? Um, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend said to me, "I have a book you have to read from a guy who's not a writer and doesn't write science fiction. In fact, he's a jazz artist." And I said to myself when I got the book. This is going to end one of two ways. <laughs> because this 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 can end very badly because I started off by checking out the guy's music. And let me introduce you first of all to the guy. Uh welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Jackie Joyner, Jackie, welcome. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, it's me. I'm the guy. You are the guy. I'm the guy. That's the guy right here. <laughs> How you doing? After spending 12 years as a recording artist, Jakim has been coming out with some phenomenal jazz work, has worked, does just some amazing studio work, live work. For me, what stood out uh, was your performances with George Duke, who just is like, for me, like a god, a yeah. god. Oh, man. <laughs> George Duke. Wow. Just just even mention his name. He was it's such an amazing musician that touched so many artists in in ways that people will never know. I mean, I mean, the guy. I mean, started off in a synth, the, those synthesizers back in the seventies. Oh man! Just George Duke is the man. <laughs> and I'm old enough. I'm old enough to have listened to them when they first came out in the seventies, and yeah. just blew me away. Yes, and and you know when I performed with him for the first time, uh, I think this was about back in 2012, and um, we were on a cruise, and uh, it was interesting because he was he was playing piano on my songs, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell am I going to tell him to do on my song? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm like, do what you want, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me any questions. <laughs> you know, so uh, that was an experience. He was such such a humble guy and, and, and really enjoyed playing this stuff. And uh, it was just great to just even watching him uh, on the stage uh, doing solos uh, to songs that I wrote was just like some of the biggest experience. I mean, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> you know, so I mean, and, and, and it was just amazing to see even when he did uh, with his band because he's always got the best guys you know oh, oh. His band is just and just just band. you've had those moments and I, and I mean on top of that uh you you you've had five uh five bill, top ten top billboards and billboard singles uh a, n a number one debut album uh in billboard I mean, you know, it's not like you're a slouch in, in the jazz world, which is a weird world to be in because it encompasses so many different genres within it. Yeah. Yep. And and you've got you've got that you've got the I don't know, the Barry White of the Millennia. <laughs> for, for those for those of you old enough to remember who the hell Barry White was. Linear. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's been, you know, I've been blessed, you know, because I've always been, um, you know, I was writing, I started first writing music. Um, it was by accident by this this place. I don't know if, if your listeners would, would know of a place called Radio Shack. It's like this place. <laughs> <laughs> Electronic. You know, it's way, way, way back. So you might not have heard of it. <laughs> Go to, go to any closed mall, you can still find some of their signs hanging out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would like to see one of those signs and collector's item. But, um, yeah, I go in there one time, and then, uh, you know, they had keyboards, and they had this little Casio keyboard. And I was kind of just learning how to uh, play the keyboards a little bit. I was already playing saxophone. And the keyboard could record something, store it, and then play it back, and you can record over top of it, basically 
you could multi-track on this little keyboard. It was like the most amazing experience. I was like, wow, I never heard of this. I mean, it's called multi-tracking, but just a little device. I stood in that store for, I don't know, three hours trying to write a song until the guy came and just basically shut off the keyboard and said, you know, I need to leave. And, and you know, lost like it's song just like that. <laughs> that. That's what started me as a writer <laughs> on music for music. Wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I got to get I got to get a keyboard. I got to find something so that I can start uh, trying to put some melodies together. <laughs> so we have Radio Shack to thank for you. All right. There we go. Sorry. To, so, you know, all right. That's all I need to know. I mean, I had enough good memories about Radio Shack, but now I have some more. <laughs> yep, that's it. You know, that's how I started uh, wanting, you know, developing a passion for writing. You know, from there, I took it to uh, actually buying my first keyboard, uh, multi-tracking a little keyboard. This is back in the nine, like '97, you know, '98. Um, and and then I was, you know, I started putting my own songs together and playing sax over top of the songs. You know, uh, uh, in in high school, like my my junior and senior year in high school, and and and, and recording with a little microphone and. You know, it was it was crazy. So when I graduated high school, you know, I I wanted to, you know, be the guy, uh, you know, like Grover Washington Jr. who who took the center stage. You know, I was like, how do I be that guy? You know, so um, you know, I I started to tour. Uh, I got picked up by uh, uh, Bobby Lyle and Ma Marcus Johnson. These are contemporary jazz piano players who, you know, they they heard me play and they said, oh, this this young kid can he's got some chops. Let's let's take him to Bermuda. <laughs> You know, so I uh, went to Bermuda, did did a show, uh, performed with Angela Bofield. Um, I it was the first time I met George Duke, but I didn't play with him when I met him there in Bermuda. It was my first time seeing him perform. It wasn't here what I would perform with him. So, um, and then people just enjoyed me playing. And then from from touring, uh, from doing that that little concert, you know, I, I went on the uh, tour with uh, Ronnie Laws, Gene Carn, uh, Angela Bofield, and uh, then moved out to Los Angeles and and uh, wanted to take music uh, a little bit more serious. So I was, you know, about 24, got a job at Target uh, Warehouse, uh, uh, you know, driving a forklift, you know, got fired about a year later, um, you know, for no fault of my own. <laughs> never is, is it? Never, it never, never is your fault. <laughs> you know, but then the next day, the very next day after getting laid off from Target, I think it was 2004 or something. The very next day, I was offered a recording contract down in Los Angeles because I was, I was communicating with uh, uh, managers and things like that. And I really wanted to put my music out. I had recorded this uh, this uh, album, kind of like a demo. I sent it to them like a year ago. I thought they forgot about me, honestly. <laughs> but, you know, here comes a phone call, you know, on a Tuesday morning after, you know, having getting fired on a Monday. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, these British guys are sitting across from me, managing all these big time artists like uh, Peter White and Gerald Albright and David Benoit and, you know, they had an amazing roster. I'm, I'm like 25, you know, I'm like this young kid, you know, and it's like, you know, we sent your music to this radio station and that radio station and this artist and that artist and everyone's giving us some really good feedback. So, you know, we like to possibly talk about working on a deal, you know, so, you know, we talked, worked out a deal, you know, I got a nice check and uh, the target was the last job I had. <laughs> and this is how this shit happens. <laughs> you you play in front of the right person at the right time and stuff falls down like dominoes into this weird pile. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're on a cruise and George Duke is backing you up. 
<laughs> exactly, you know, and 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 it's just you know it's just I, I honestly you know after uh, that job from Target you know I I was into into a foreign world. I mean, just you know being backstage with all of these artists that I grew up listening to, I was just like a nut back there. It's like who is this kid? Get him out of here. <laughs> you know? Oh, can I take a picture? Can I take a picture? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's you, it's Alicia Keys. You know, just you know, crazy. But I for my song, you know. So uh, you know, so I just didn't really recognize it until I heard my song on the radio for the very first time. Uh, uh, ninety ninety eight point one. Um, uh, this is in Los Angeles, uh, the really big radio station. I mean, it, their listeners are in the millions. So uh, my song came on the radio and, and I stopped the car and I said, oh my gosh, this is my song that's playing. Is everyone else hearing the same thing, you know? And and then they'd introduce, yeah, it's this young, this young guy, you know, from new, from, from uh, Virginia. It's a brand new song and you guys got to check it out. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, so uh, it was, you know, a lot to take in in the beginning, you know, so. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the beginning. That's how it, that's how it kind of started, I guess. So so twelve years later now, <laughs> this guy calls me up and says, "I have this jazz musician who's written his first science fiction novel," and I'm <laughs> going, "Oh come on! <laughs> come, do you know how many novels?" seriously that i've read in the past month <laughs> now does this sound to you like the a and r guy at, at at the record label it does gets like 20 <laughs> or 30 cds every day and he's got them piled all over his desk okay and yeah. granted my minor like pdf files and i'm mm -hmm. sitting there and i'm going through them and he goes no seriously man you gotta it literally he said to me, seriously, man, I have this jazz musician and he, he's right. He's written his first science fiction novel. And I went, OK, send it over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the name of the science fiction novel is Zarya. Yes. And Zarya. interesting it is. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about. Before we talk about the book itself, what the hell got you into science fiction? You know, I've always I've always watched science fiction movies and Star Wars and Transformers. And I was, you know, I was a big, you know, like I was such a big consumer of science fiction movies. Uh, I just loved it. You know, I, I eventually became a critic of science fiction. Like, you know what? What are they doing with this? Why did they end it this way? Why did they start it this way? This guy makes no sense, you know. I mean, I'm in a movie, he's just complaining, complaining <laughs> <laughs> ass off, and I'm like, yeah, this could have been amazing. It's like it looks great, but it's this stupid story, you know. That's what I would yell, you know, like what's what is it like a movie? This movie, uh, Jupiter Ascension. It's like just great visuals, ridiculous story. And as I said to myself, you know, hey, why don't you, you know, why don't you, or maybe some someone else said it to me, something on my shoulder, said, hey, why don't you write your own story then? <laughs> you know, then, then, then everyone else can critique your story, you know. So I said, hmm, okay. I'm always flying and touring and traveling the world, and sometimes, you know, you got four-hour layovers, five-hour layovers. Uh, sometimes you get the sound check, and 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 you're in a dressing room four or five hours before you even get to touch the stage. So that's the place where I started to write the very first paragraph uh, to Zaria. 
and I said, you know, let's just try it out, you know, just start writing, you know, just, you know, come up. I didn't, I didn't put, I didn't do like, a, um, um, I didn't put together a plan for the book, you know, I, I just, I just started writing <laughs> and, uh, you know, it wait, took, wait, 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 hold on, hold on here. You, you, you didn't, you didn't come up with characters or, or a story. You just started writing. I just started writing and I let the characters just start creating themselves. You know, they just kind of came, they just kind of came about organically. And I'm like, okay, well maybe this should be her friend or, okay, this can be uh, a boss or, or maybe this can be this person, you know? And then eventually, you know, I go back and I start to, okay, try to put these things together and say, and try to make uh, things make sense. So, so, um, and, and eventually, you know, after about a year, I was like, okay, it looks like we have a draft. So let's go back and write it again, <laughs> you know, so because uh, because the thing is, is that I had the discipline already when it comes to writing and composing music. And when I'm writing music and when I'm composing music, I always uh, I rush through the first part of the song. I just I just go as fast as I can, you know, all the way to the end. Just just go, you know, and, uh, you know, just don't care about mistakes or anything like that. Then I'll come back and then I'll say, okay, you know what, maybe we should focus on this area make this the melody, you know, maybe we should make this part the verse and, you know, we can kind of throw away all that other garbage and kind of focus in on this melody line here. And maybe we can make a guitar play that in the beginning or whatever. So, I mean, that's how, it, that's how it is as, a, as, as writing uh, music. So I kind of took that into, you know, writing stories and just basically used the same format and kind of went back and, and just kind of, you know, comb through and, 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 and look at everything as uh, look at the book as one pro project and, and just put the blocks together, you know? Uh, uh, as I do, like with a, with an album, <laughs> yeah. That that that's it's just. I mean, I'm being I'm being honest. <laughs> no, no, I, because it in reading the book, it kind of chapterizes itself in the same way for me, at least. In the same way an album does. <laughs> it, it links together, but each chapter has its own little beginning, middle, end. In the same way, this song has a beginning, middle, end, but an album links them all together. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in a specific hard order but in an order that overall makes sense if you know what i'm saying exactly 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 and uh you know um i mean you know with with the record you know you have to like your the whole album is 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 a story it's like an album is you can't have a song like i've done a record and i've had great songs that didn't make it on a record because it would just totally throw the record off, <laughs> you know? So, um, just, just really making, uh, an album 
have uh, just making an album be a story, you know, from the beginning to the end, you know, and and honestly, since I love science fiction so much, and you know, I'm a big critic of of, of, of movies and stuff, I just kind of really just use that discipline with the, with the writing, and and honestly, I, my imagination just continues to go, go, go. I mean, they told me my 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 I think it was my elementary teacher told me that I'm uh, you know I can't focus or something. I can't remember. Maybe it was my middle school teacher. Someone told me that I just can't focus. <laughs> But um, or that I'm just got my mind is just going into a million different places. So when I'm writing, I'm just saying, you know, what? just let your mind go. Just let your mind go. Um, and then and then my critical mind will come in the next morning. I mean, the crazy thing about like writing a song, you could be writing a song and uh, you're like, man, this is amazing. And you're just jamming to the song in the evening time. Like, I can't believe I did that. And you, you listen to it in the morning and you're like, what in the hell is that? What is this? <laughs> is this a mess? <laughs> Like what? I mean, yesterday I was so pumped up. I just thought it sounded great. And then, you know, wake up in the morning, you, you know, you have a little breakfast. Your mind is kind of clear. You listen, you're like, this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same way when I was doing Zarya, believe it or not. <laughs> Understandable. So, yeah. Go ahead. Ken. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's understandable. So I think most of the people we've ever talked to when they're writing will be writing along. They'll write something and then they'll come look at it again and go, why did I write that? That's that's, that's mostly garbage. I'll just keep these two paragraphs and try it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny because yeah. I, I was thinking of questions to ask you and you've already answered one without me ever having to ask it. Because one of the things I was curious about was as a musician and a composer and a ranger of jazz music, I was curious, you know, what did you take from those? What skills did you take from those to write? And it sounds like, you know, there are a lot of, there's a, I wasn't sure there would be any similar skills, but it sounds like from what you've just said, there's a lot of similar skills that helped you with your writing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like when I'm writing, cause now, you know, writing has become a passion for me now. It's not, it's like, I'm not even writing for money. Like I'm writing because I'm, I'm really enjoying this, you know, the story that's being created in my head. And it's, and it feels the same way with music because, um, you know, it's like you, you just allow your, your, your imagination to, to go. But one of the disciplines I had to have as an artist and a performer is to make a song that makes sense to the audience. So um, I couldn't just just write anything on, and just say, you know, just just keep going with, with the song. You know, you know, my radio pr uh, uh, promoter and, and my manager needs a song that people can consume. <laughs> so therein lies the discipline of structure in a song. So I developed that as a as an artist that, uh, and I've had uh, three number one songs on the Billboard that were songs that I wrote, and that came from that discipline. And obviously, I took that discipline into writing because I, you know, when I when I finish just going through a draft or something like that, I'm coming back with my critical head on, and I'm like, how do we make all of this gibberish makes sense and how do we make it make sense to the, the reader and how do we how do we make it fun how do we make it exciting how do we catch them from the beginning how do we just put everything together the same way you do with the music so it's the same discipline in my opinion honestly really cool that's actually an interesting i like that that's that's very interesting um i suppose at some point here, we should talk a little bit about the book, though, because there's one other question that I'm dying to ask you. Yeah. Hush you up think? there, Dub. Hush up there, Dub. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that so? 
and I'll just to jump in here if I if I miss any points. But Saria is your main character. She's a she's an alien being yes. on an alien planet. Yes, Zaria is a young girl on an alien planet uh, from a small village town uh that's on a new very technical planet you know but she's not her story is not like uh in the big city like she eventually eventually goes to the big city of uh, new sabrina where, where, where all the flying drones and big skyscrapers and uh, all kinds of uh things that she'd never seen uh even though it's always been there so um so yeah her character is you know she's just like kind of a modest uh, little girl who 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 happens to have some of the same talents that her father did. Um, she's more into coding um, uh, and computers, and she's very good at just kind of putting things together. She puts together uh, a hoverboard uh, that she can communicate because parts are coming in from the big city and they're dumping a bunch of parts. Uh, they dump all kinds of uh, little ship equipment and, and drones and all this stuff. They have a little junkyard and, and, and she goes there and, and, and finds these little parts and puts together this amazing uh, uh, board and does the coding for it and everything. And it can go fast. And the next thing you know, she's she's headed to uh, New Sabrina uh, to, to see what her father was working on. Uh, so, I mean, you know, and, and it's it's the whole idea about the book is is honestly is like the, the world and just like if you can think of what's the movie um, uh, with, um, let's see, uh, The Fifth Element. You know, I don't know if you everyone's seen. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 <laughs> kind of the idea of the world. I mean, it's like, you know, everything, everything is super advanced, <laughs> you know, and that's really what I what I wanted to capture in this but um but also adventurous you know like um uh, uh star wars episode one where anakin is uh is uh on his it's doing a speed racing and different things like that where she's racing and it's like you know being chased by uh by the uh guys on bikes they're shooting and stuff like that so um, but they're young. They're like underage, so to speak, you know, and doing, you know, in, involved in, in things that they really shouldn't be. <laughs> it's interesting you said Star Wars Episode One, because I was reading that second section and the pod racer scenes did come to my mind as I was reading that. I'm going, wow, this feels like Episode One with the pod racer scene. So it's interesting you were thinking the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, in, in that that uh, kind of just kind of happened by uh accident honestly i mean i i just was writing i was like you know this would be cool if maybe somehow she got to be in some type of race or some type of a competition or something you know and uh, it really just kind of came together well because 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 now it's like uh um the general's got all these people now looking for her so and she's got to get away but but I kind of set it up that she's fast and it's not going to be easy to catch her, you know? So, <laughs> and, and, and I think with the racing thing that kind of, you know, put that there. Yeah. So, and, so in, in order to do all of this, you needed to create a new world, create a new species <laughs> and keep a, keep a, keep true to that throughout the book you can't and you, you know what i mean there has to be a, a sense of things don't change for no apparent reason throughout yeah. the book was was that difficult for you to do you know um you know maybe it wasn't because um you know i i love watching like movies 
that have like uh, alien characters, but they they're like talking, they're intelligent, you know, um, but they look like a scorpion or they have a tail or, you know, um, and, and it's like like almost like an animal, like different animals are, are making up the characters and not everybody doesn't look the same, you know, like, um, you know, there's one guy who's got like a, 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 like a hair going down his back and, or his skin is like a reptile or, but the other character is more looks, could look like, could have a nose of an elephant or, but they're all talking to each other as if they all belong to the same place and they're not from different worlds, they're from this one world. So, um, you know, I think I kind of pulled that from just the, the various different movies that I've that I've watched. <laughs> well, I can understand that one because it uh, one of my favorite scenes from any movie is from the very first Star Wars movie, that cantina scene. You're looking at this vastly diverse group of aliens all interacting, all well, relatively well getting along. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just you know, con- you know the, all these just interacting with one another and it's just it's so much fun yeah yeah i mean it's cool i mean it's just you know if you can imagine it it's like you know because because if you're if you're reading something and i mean i really wanted to go there because honestly it's like an alien type of person that's operating a a a high energy bike that's flying and then it's just like people look different or the or look kind of have like this animal kind of a vibe to them but they're talking and they're using devices on their arms and it's just like you know adding technology to to species and stuff like that i just i I really love that (laughs) one of the things i really loved about what you did here was i mean because the the race that zarya belongs to i will roughly say is elf-like they kind of look elf-like with the exception Mm -hmm. of having a tail but the thing that really really got me was that the males are blue in color the females Mm. are orange in color sort of like certain birds have you know different colorings the one that comes to mind always is the cardinal the male Mm. is bright red the uh, the the female is more of a a dull brown Mm -hmm. um but you've gotten these two you know, it, within one race, you have the males and the females being completely different colors. Was there any reason behind that? Why you went with that direction? What inspired you? You know, um, I, I, I kind of wanted um, people to I wanted to make it easy for people to identify, you know, honestly, uh, the difference between the male and female um, with the different colors. You know, so I, I think I was writing and I was like, you know, how how are people going to you know, what's going to be the main difference between a, a male and a female here? This should be something uh, pretty obvious, you know, that's also like that stands out, you know. So I just decided, you know, hey, just just make 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 them this color, make the males this color and have the women's uh, 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 the female uh, uh, kind of this color or whatever, you know. So um, and, it and, you know, it just kind of seemed like it flowed, you know, naturally uh, uh, when I was thinking that way. Interesting. That uh, and uh, it's and uh, one of the things I always love is like reading about these races. And I just want to just circle back to something you were talking about because you talked about Zarya being very brilliant with coding, and you also have another character, her best friend, and I'm going to butcher this name, so please correct me. Kizzy. Yes. 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 Sweet. Yes, Kizzy. <laughs> Kizzy is like more of a mechanical kind of you know she's not she's like hands-on kind of a girl you know yep. and uh, you know so so she's like you know with her father or whatever they're, they're 
things on uh, fix, fixing some of the um, the flying um, uh, cars or whatever you might want to call them, um, and and it, using the energy cells because her, her her dad works in a big city or whatever. So he kind of I don't know if say if he steals the steals some of the cells and bring them <laughs> back, but <laughs> you know, and they know kind of what to do with you know the hardware aspect. So her being best friends uh, with Zaria just really kind of kind of worked out. Um, uh, because it's just a different minds, you know, and then putting that together. And next thing you know, you know, you guys are, are, are doing some amazing stuff. I like the idea of having a female that does like hands on mechanical stuff. You know, I just kind of felt that that would be really interesting, you know, where she's, you know, getting her hands dirty. <laughs> oh, I'm right there with you. hundred percent. That was what I was going to say next <laughs> is the thing I love so much. Is you have two great female characters one who's basically for all intents and purposes a software engineer you mm -hmm. have um you have another character in kizzy who's a mechanical engineer you have two females who are you know one like you said getting her hands dirty getting in there building her own fuel cells coming up with i mean it's not just even you know taking fuel cells already exist she she for her best friend creates this revolutionary new fuel cell exactly <laughs> yeah and yeah. a dual female lead on top of everything else. Yes, which is exactly. Rare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, girl power. <laughs> you know, and I felt that that would be because you know, on the very beginning of this book, I always knew it was going to be a female lead character uh, in it. I mean, um, her. You know, uh, um, Zaria's uh, father, Aaron. Um, you know, he kind of contrasts that a bit because, um, you know, the story kind of centers around the work that he was doing uh, before Zari was born. And he wasn't right. able to complete it, you know, because of what happened between him and Garrick and how uh, Garrick wanted to use the technology that her father was designing for something a bit more sinister. So, um, but he, you know, obviously, you know, if you read in this in the story, uh, you know, uh, Aaron gets 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 shut up, and uh, his technology, uh, they still are trying to figure out uh, uh, how to use it. So, you know, many many years later, Zarya comes along, and uh, you know, she. She always uh, was thinking of her father, you know, for many, many years, but she kind of like put it on a back burner and, said, you know, uh, whatever happened, happened, you know, un un until, you know, she's kind of forced into finding out uh, about her parents and, and, and finding out about her father. And then she, she, she goes to her father's lab. And and the and the code to get into her father's lab happens to be uh, something. Yeah, you know, her name or uh, I can't remember. I got to go back and look at that, what it was. And then now she's, <laughs> looking, yeah, you know. So now she's looking at okay, you know, what was my dad into? And you know, she's going through uh, the stuff, and it just seems like like if if another kid went in there, even if they had the code to uh, get into uh, the safe that her father had created, they wouldn't really understand it unless they were like someone like Zarya that knew how to kind of put everything together and be like, wow, I didn't know, you know, uh, my dad was into this and I didn't know this was going on with the planet. I didn't know there was an energy, uh, there was a uh, oxygen problem. And I didn't know that, you know, so, you know, now she's like, not only does she want to find her father, but she's like, you know, you know, we have a problem with with oxygen on a planet and, and, and the people need to know. And, you know, so now she has this whole purpose. <laughs> yeah. So the whole the real question is this. We can't give away how the book ends. 
Don't want to do that. Desperately don't want to do that. However, the title of the book is Sidness, Final Hope, Yes. book one. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is right. The book is, the story is not done. So I've, you know, I've, I've, I've been writing um, on actually both three, both, uh, there's going to be two more books. I've been writing the two books at the same time. Slowly, <laughs> I'll be it. Uh, um, but uh, yes, there will be a book uh, too. I had to take a, a really big pause because I had a tour, you know, a major tour for a whole year, and it just was. I, I couldn't even put anything down uh, because of that. But honestly, I, I'm I'm anxious to get that uh, second story out, which will be more about uh, the computer that she made. Um, Soshi, which will be about how that will become very intelligent and it will start to take on its own uh, intelligence, you know, AI and, and be and start doing things like itself hacking into major systems in the city. And and, you know, there will be this communication between Zarya and 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 Soshi, because Soshi is not just a board now. Uh, Zarya's coding made Soshi much more than a board. It is able to now infiltrate computer systems worldwide. So, um, you know, so uh, it'll be about Soshi. That'll be the second book. Um, the third book will complete it. And, you know, I don't want to give 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 it away. You know what happened? Because if I mention the name of the character, then you'd be able to put it together and, and people <laughs> would know. But uh, we, we've got time and, and I think we'll still be around. But I hope we'll still be around. By the time book three comes out, you know, what what really bugs me about people like you and I, and get it totally honestly, is that, you know, if only you were just a little bit more eloquent, it would help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's work uh, on that. <laughs> you, yeah, you really got to work on, on saying what you mean, because <laughs> it's 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 been fun. Jackie Joyner. Uh, musician, composer, uh, author, and it sounds like hell of a fun guy has been our guest tonight. His <laughs> first science fiction book, uh, Zarya, uh, is an interesting read. And the first book in his trilogy, as we anxiously await it, you can pick up any one of his numerous albums or hopefully, once this damn pandemic is over, check him out on tour somewhere. Or hopefully, he'll do a a a a, uh, a uh, video YouTube concert at some point that we can all watch at some point, which would be wonderful. <laughs> but man, it has been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and it clearly has been a busy schedule uh take some time and talk to us about this well thank you guys for inviting me on uh you know um this is this has been fun you know it's always interesting when i'm talking about music and then try and and putting that with books and you guys are asking questions on how that goes together i've never done that before which is i'm always only talking about music <laughs> <laughs> You know, shows. Or how did you like it in Kansas City, Missouri? And, you know, how was the audience down in Philadelphia? You know, easy stuff, easy stuff, easy stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well 
next time you're on, we will just throw you softballs. You know, we'll just go. So how was your? How was the last tour? You know, how was the last concert? We'll just throw you easy ones. Next Can you time. even freaking remember the last time you were on stage? Okay, gosh, when's my last show was in Jakarta, Indonesia, in February or March first was the last show. I had a major tour uh, book for this year, but oh, you know that, that just went to to hell. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. Sit back, kick back, write, enjoy, continue doing what you're doing, man. Jackim Joyner, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Plastic City Comic Con, and the Upper Valley Comic Expo. We are also sponsored by Dreamforge Magazine, a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and Comic Art House. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is available on Audible, because I'm not sure where else you could find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. For more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com. And don't forget to try the Watts sauce we have. We love it. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp. And a whole lot of love to Jojo and Celine. Many thanks to the gang from his booking books. Thank you, Captain Cam. This is Dome saying... Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus, do we all refute entropy. Better things are coming, Stacy. Stay strong, Liz. So, unless it's daytime, good night, everybody. There once was a girl from Nantucket. Good night, everybody. Hey.